Good people of Los Angeles, tonight on the FC, FC, FSA, FSA pod, we got a guy named Alex, a guy named Edgar. If you know him, you already know him. If you don't know him yet, you're about to get to know him. They create some of the most visually astounding things I've seen in the LAFC universe. Yes, sir. We're lucky to count them among the growing FCFC fam here. Talk about a bunch of different things. All the way through the end, we get gems from these guys. Listen in and listen on. And as usual, guys, we are in the backyard of Dweezy's place in Expo Park. Yeah. We got helicopters and planes flying. People got leftover fireworks. Dogs barking. You guys know what it is. Um, and guys, you know what? The ratings and comments kind of slowed down on the, the Apple <laughs> iTunes. I don't know what's going on. You guys start fucking leaving some reviews. <laughs> I cussed before my disclaimer, but you guys know what it is. I'm going to continue to cuss throughout this pod. If you're offended by it, I don't know what to do. We're out here. Peace. FCFC. Dickhead, look at the world through a black and gold tinted lens. Sitting across from me, as per usual, is Big Dweez. To my left, Asian Jesus, Mr. Josh Spice. Hey! I am Slim, and today we have a family pod, y'all. Our first guest, he's he's the guy that makes you look pretty in the North End. If you're ugly, he'll turn you into a silhouette. Makeup artist, (laughs) And our other guest is the gentleman who is branding us now. Um, We don't have to take screenshots (laughs) <laughs> and just throw verbiage over over our, our titles. If you saw the redux of Ben Cheese, that was the work of this gentleman. We have Mr. Edgar Garibe and Alex Cervantes in the backyard today. Yeah. Cheers, y'all. Yeah. 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 And, and by the way, anything, it's like, anything. what'd you say if, if people don't notice? I think people have probably definitely fucking noticed. All of a sudden, things are going on the internet. Beautiful things are going on the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. we look probably a hundred times cooler than we did before. Yeah, yeah. And it's thanks to well, these I mean, hey, I, hey, I'm trying not to take offense. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, I just looked at Josh. Yeah, hey, man, yeah, Josh, his screenshot selection was impeccable. Come on. Come hey. On. I thought people came to FC, FC for the screen <laughs> cap. We thought no, it was it for them to... It takes a special to, eye to get It screen. does. Yeah. Thank you. Very much. I thought they the came here so they could listen to us eat sunflower seeds. I will say this about Josh's image abilities for all the heads out there that the Ryan Wallace in New York episode not only is written with the font that New York Yankees use on their merchandise. That's the one he things, tried the hardest on. But Ryan's face is actually on the board in the outfield on the scoreboard at Yankee Stadium. That's right, baby. You know what? When I found out that. It's not for lack of effort, but I'm just saying. No, it is lack of effort. That's the only one he really tried on, this okay. fucking asshole. Then it's for lack of effort. <laughs> as someone whose whole whose whole life was spent trying to emulate his older brother to, like, draw as good as this guy could draw and just failing. Just shout out to all the photographers who do shit for LAFC and designers and stuff. But, like, first of all, so thank bad. you guys. You getting all the thanks now? Yeah, yeah. We'll get into the shit later. <laughs> We're going to get into the stuff later. Family is growing, yo. Yeah, it's incredible, man. It's night and day what, um, what you guys are bringing to the table. And um, now the guy are having the same weird pose like, it looks like an album cover every single time so yeah. I love you guys thank you so much for, for bringing your talents here to uh, 
beautiful exposition park. And um, and this has been another episode of FCFC. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, guys. Just kidding. Uh, hey, compliments over. Stories need to begin. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Full disclosure, I'm only here for the Hennessy. Hey. Uh, this will be the last week we have Hennessy on the pod because they don't seem like they want to sponsor us. No, yo. So, <laughs> hey, I also think that you were trying to say tea. Yo, you have enough tea fans. Can we have some Henny fans? All right, we get some, some Henny fans out yeah. there. I mean, all the reviews are like, I can taste the tea. I can smell the cups. Quick shout out to the fucking LinkedIn employee I reached out on behalf of you guys. <laughs> the Hennessy so, one? Yeah, like, I got no fucking response. <laughs> like, That's why we're yo. taking our fucking talents over to Scotland, bro. bro. Jameson, here we come. It's Ireland. <laughs> Is it? Oh, it is Irish whiskey. Sorry, Pierce. Sorry, Dweez. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> I, I love Jesus. Uh, <laughs> enough of this liquid discussion. First football memories. Who's going first? Edgar. Oh, fuck. Oh. I, spent, I spent these past two weeks thinking about this. Oh. <laughs> and I still don't really have a clear-cut answer. One thing that I can say my first football memory is, because growing up like in a Mexican household, like obviously like, soccer's there. Like My family was more so like... A basketball family so I was all mm. about like I was all like Lakers all day every day you know gotcha. and like soccer was like cool like oh my uncle's like I had one uncle who was like super super into soccer like as well as basketball but he was the only other one that really really was into soccer and he's a big Cuba America fan so I'd say my first football memory is it's kind of a few memories but like growing up anytime I had a birthday party First communion or something. His gifts were always Club America related. <laughs> <laughs> so it would either be, it would either be like a jersey or like a ball. Did you ever have the cake? No, it was never on the cake. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> they would never like give that responsibility yeah, to the cake. No. <laughs> He's not about to show up with like yeah. fucking cake or anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but you it's all a man yeah. and just like over <laughs> it. Yeah. It's all love though. And then the funny thing is, yeah. like, once I got older, then this, then it like went to my younger brother. Like he started getting all the Club America. <laughs> So your uncle is the equipment manager for Club, for Club America. That's, that's <laughs> did, it, did it work, like, somewhere in the back of your mind when you think about or watch League MX, or you're like, Club America is my favorite team? Okay, it did for a little bit, just because, like... Yeah, you got inside. And then he would always buy, like, tickets to games and take us whenever Club America would play at the time when it was Home Depot Center, or, you know, when Interliga was still a thing. Oh, and shit, like, yeah. All that stuff. I remember we went to a game where they were playing. Cruz Azul went to penalties, America somehow won, and then, like, we're all cheering and shit, and... In the back of my head, I'm like, I really don't care all that much about <laughs> either of these teams. But, you know, you weren't invested yeah. personally. Not really. You just had the gift somewhere in the back of your closet covered in dust. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But, like, now, when you look at that league, do you have a, a, a allegiance of any kind? Or you just don't really feel any type of way about it? I do. I mean, my uncle was a Club America fan. My dad, more or less, was kind of a uh, Monarcas uh, Morelia fan. So, like... He had, like, a few jerseys. You'd see, like, pictures of him from back in the day rocking the kit and whatnot. But, like, he wasn't, like, super, super invested in it. He was more, like, casual about it. And, like, Morelia's actually plays in the state where we're from, you know, Michoacan. So I was like, I'll root for this team. You know, it's, mm-hmm. like, the hometown team, more or less. Have you been down to, down to Mexico to any, any league games down there? No, never. Sadly. Yeah. Anytime we go to Mexico, it's always during the offseason. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it, it never took a foothold? Was it because the Lakers' spirit was just so strong and, like, the Americana of it was, was so strong of it? I honestly didn't really start caring about soccer until, like, after the 2010 World Cup. That's when I got, like, super invested in it. Everything before that was just kind of like, oh, yeah, sure, like, I'll go. Like, yeah, I'll check yeah. this out. What about, the, what about the 2010 World Cup? 
started stirring stirring the desires. Ooh, I like this question. Let's go. Honestly, I don't know if I have like an actual answer for that. I just you kinda, don't remember? You just I just started watching it. That Spain scene was insane. After that, after that, I became like a big ass like Barca fan. That was like a mm. super Straight underrated up. tournament. For Straight up. I think even if you like, yeah. if you're a huge Real Madrid fan, there's that period up until maybe today. Like the way that they play is, you can't not aesthetically appreciate the way that that team was able to move yeah. the ball and the players yeah. and the familiarity of those guys all coming up through La Masia together. Yeah, they all they knew exactly where their teammates were on the pitch at all times. It was. Well, who's on that Spain team? It's like Puyol in the back. Xavi and Iniesta. Mm-hmm. That was like this like golden triangle. Mm-hmm. But then you had like different rotating uh, cast rotating characters and the thing about David Villa David or Fernando Villa, Torres yeah. up front, it almost didn't matter because the rest of the team in a way, again, similar to LAFC, in a sense, like that the striker isn't the person who's like the most needed to be the best player on the team. Can score. David Villa <laughs> David Villa and Fernando Torres were good, but they weren't they were nowhere near as important as those other three. And then I mean Villa, Villa scored a lot of goals that turn. He scored, he scored when he should have, but he wasn't like, I don't know. He wasn't like a top striker in the world. He was getting fed these balls. Yeah. These well, I mean, the movements are what created the goals. <laughs> it wasn't like his like brute strength overpowering a guy and like smacking the ball home. See, this yeah. is why I don't get into tactics. I just take pictures, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is, I don't know what I'm talking like, about. Don't, don't, don't ask me what formation should, we should play or like who should... I don't know. After a while of just watching Barca like win, I was just like, "This is boring." Like, like, a, like, funny enough, like after that 2010 World Cup, like obviously I really fell in love with like the Mexican team and hmm. you know the USA team. And then that was the same year that um, Chicharito went to like. That's when I started following like the Prem a little more, and I was yeah. like, "Yeah, hey, let, let me like follow all the like all the Mexican players that we have over there in the Prem." Right. So I would watch games to see if Chicha would play. Mm-hmm. I would watch. Arsenal. I would watch Tottenham games to see if Gio would play. And then I would watch Arsenal games to see if Carlos would play. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, <laughs> y'all are outnumbered Once, today. Y'all yeah, got none of them fools played though. Woke up for nothing. But then, um, like, I started leaning a little more towards like I was like, oh, like Chicha's getting a lot of play in time at United. He's killing it. Like, cool. So then I started like paying more attention to like Arsenal and Spurs. And then it wasn't until I found out that they hated each other. I was like, oh shit, I gotta pick one now. And I was like, I like Arsenal's kit, you know, I like the way they play, like, mm. I'm going to go a little more, like, I'm going to lean towards Arsenal, you know? Yeah. Just, so just saying like, all the things that the, the pod <laughs> fam wants to hear. Yeah, <laughs> all the things. It's kind of come full circle. Mm-hmm. It was like, when I really started caring about the game, Vela was a big reason because I would watch Arsenal to see if he would play, mm-hmm. you know? I still remember this really crazy goal he scored against Bolton that was like Which, ball over the top. The, from he didn't score a ton of goals at Arsenal, but like all the ones he scored yeah. were fucking amazing. Gnarly. And you were just what like, the fuck what? he does, sexy motherfucker. <laughs> and then it's like, now here I am, nine years later, documenting his potential MVP season. Hey, hey dad, that was a big dick flex. Yo. <laughs> Full circle flex right there. Full circle flex. I think everyone who came from an Arsenal background and then also was interested in LAFC. When you find out that Carlos Vela was the first player to me, that was just like the mm-hmm. omens, man. Like, it, All right, you had your Gooner episode last week. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's dial it back, though. Let's dial it back. Okay, What's the okay. old, give me that oldest football memory. Give me Shit. that good stuff. So I have really two answers to that question. There's the first football memory and there's the one that impacted me the most, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So 
if we're going down a first football memory, I, I couldn't really put an age on it, but I was really young and my dad had this fucking obsession with his VHS just recording fucking games on TV. Mm. So he'd like bootleg all these fucking like 98 World Cup, 94 World Cup, like all this shit. When I was like, really young, my mom would go off to work and like he was like taking care of me, quote, quote unquote. He'd just fucking toss on whatever VHS and like be like, all right, just fucking watch the sport, you know? That wouldn't be taking care of that. That's how dad's babysit, though. Shout out iPads. <laughs> that was like the fucking. pod. <laughs> Yeah, come on, <laughs> come on, Apple. Um, so yeah, he would just put on VHS, and I would get little glimpses of that 90s era of the sport. It wasn't really until the 2006 World Cup that I really kind of immersed myself more into the sport. I grew up playing soccer. Soccer is always in my household, like, you know, similar to Edgar. I had the fucking millions of uncles with all sorts of, like, ties to clubs and shit. Growing up here in, like, L.A., I wasn't really connected to a lot of what Liga Mekis was and, like, at the time, you know, even like the European side of the sport. So I had to really go about what I was being presented and just like even playing soccer, you know, growing up, like from the age of three, literally, like mm. since. So I kind of grew up not liking it just because I fucking hated my coach. It was terrible, but yeah. So was going, it a little, was it a little of like that you were forced to play kind of thing? You are just nah, so. Like my mom is just one of those people that wants me to be involved in like anything. It could be fucking anything. Like my mom. Yeah, my, my mom yeah. put me in an accordion class one time. I, was, <laughs> I went one time, I was like, nah, this ain't. I mean, I think my mom literally put me in accordion class because she saw me watch Family Matters a lot. And our uncle had a fucking accordion. Oh, so, fuck. shout out moms for being observant, but... Uh, no, no. Yo. So... Terrific. Yeah, like, she really did put me through all this stuff, and soccer just so happened to be one of them. And it wasn't so much that I didn't like it, I just really didn't like that coach. Like, it was every week. We were, like, maybe four or five, six-year-olds, and, like, every week the parents were, like, getting down, dude. It was, like, ridiculous. Like, it came down to the point where, like... My mom had to, like, take me out of the team just because, like, they, like, dragged our coach to, like, the middle of the pitch and started kicking him on the floor. And all the kids are just like, what the fuck is happening <laughs> to our so coach? Which, uh, which district yeah. were you playing in at the time? Yo, the for, for, yeah, for all my Valley people, if you know about Winsett Park, that's the park. It's kind of like the equivalent of Rutgers. So if you played at fucking Winsett, you've seen some shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. You can go to Winsett, catch a fight, get a pupusa, get a foot <laughs> massage from a referee who's about to ref a game in, like, five minutes play the game and then go home yeah, like support small business owners okay? yeah, no, hey no but they gentrified with it now bro. Oh, some no. bullshit man but that's another shit but going back to you Can know that's why the coach got kicked was it parents in that league don't fuck around dude like <laughs> i mean like it's tough man one second you're enjoying the sport the next your fucking coach is getting kicked on the floor and you just don't know what went wrong like it's all fucked up Everything but went wrong dude. that sounds wild but yeah going back to that 2006 world cup like i said growing up in a household where soccer so dominant and especially being a mexican household like you know he's been through it all my dad is like following mexico for a long time he would see them play in the azteca he would go see them play uh back here in 99 the um coliseum having that connection through him really pushed me to follow them as well very early on I'll never forget that game against Argentina in 2006, that Maxi Rodriguez goal. That was the first time I saw my dad cry, man. Whoa. It was the first time I saw him cry, and I didn't understand at the moment what was so wrong, but I just knew I was like, yo, fuck Maxi Rodriguez. <laughs> like, I just like knew at that point that was what the sport was about. It wasn't about just the glory. 
and the joy of being surrounded by like people that are all happy celebrating a goal or celebrating a win. It was the heartbreak. This is and, the like, dark side. Yeah, this is the, the dark the, side. It sounds of the like story. a fucking gooner. <laughs> Yo, no, dude, no. Let me. We'll get into that shit later. My, my dad has followed some shit teams, bro, and like, and like, I feel so bad for him. And sometimes I'm just like, I'm so happy you're in the LAFC because for once we're doing pretty fucking chill right now. <laughs> so like, no, yeah, like seeing that totally impacted me and not only made me really appreciate the sport a lot more, it also really brought the sense of connection just to really watch the sport more. And after that World Cup, I just remember every weekend it was Liga Mekis games or like him trying to drag me off to at the time the Home Depot Center to try and catch a game. So those are probably my earlier football memories. That's real, man. Two things about the Maxi Rodriguez Fuck story. Man, One, man. believe he was, I don't know how influential, but he was a little bit of a mentor for our own Diego Rossi at Peñarol. So when Diego Rossi came... Maxi was playing at Peñarol mm. those those years that he was in that. Does that do anything for you, Alex? I'll give JT the credit for that one. Hey. <laughs> take, take that credit, JT. Come on, the pot. Two, the other thing, Friend of the and, pot. I, and I'm sorry I'm sorry to say this, but it, when that goal happened, I was on the shoulders of a very tall Argentine man holding his mate cup, wearing oh, an Argentine national jersey in the city. I forget which city it was, that game was actually being held in. Drew, you get it? Like, I threw the gourd and like half oh, like shit. the mate in the water came out, but it didn't matter because everybody was that or that group was all for Argentina, obviously. And we ended up being on Argentine t- TV later that night, and me like <laughs> like pretending like I'm Argentine, like speaking all this like these Ch- type of things. Ch- like, Louise over here. Yeah, Ch- <laughs> Ch- that was like one of my favorite me- memories of that first World Cup that I went to. But I can understand as an L Tree fan. What I want to ask you guys about L Tree is this: I get the sense that like Liga MX like loyalties run deep. But when it comes to L Tree, that supersedes everything. Does it true or false? Uh, yeah, dude, hundred percent. Because I just actually went to the Mexico game, uh, the Gold Cup right here against. Uh, I believe it was shit. It was Cuba, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And like, you see people with like Club America jerseys, Chivas, like all ends of Liga MX, and like, yeah, there's that little bit of hostility there for like the fucking like couple of seconds of that interaction. But like, I think at the end of the day, people do see that bigger picture, like. The thing that's so beautiful about the Mexican national team is that there's that sense of patriotism there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not really similar to what the U.S. men's national team has at all because, you know, we're here. We can appreciate the game and we can look at the U.S. national team and be like, all right, well, I think one Tifo from uh, El Salvador, I think it was Los de Siempre, they, they put it, it's like seeing you guys here makes us feel like we're not too far from home. Having that sense of connection to your national team, no matter where they are, and especially in, in a country that's not even your own, in a sense you feel so detached from your own personal country, like that you see your team play here and you feel that connection that you could put all that aside for just a second. Mm. Yeah, you get the sense that like a lot of, I mean that's, that. it seems like the story for a lot of people, even if like only yeah. one parent might be from Chile or whatever, like mm. you feel almost more loyalty towards the Chilean national team than the US national team. Mm. But I also think like in the case of like Spain, for instance, I don't get the sense that club loyalties are always superseded by the national team in those countries. Sure, it's not certainly like not the case in Brazil. In my experience in Brazil, and I, I'll always remember going to my first Select Sao game when I was living in Brazil. They had these shirts for sale outside that were the Brazilian national shirt, but underneath there was like a fake zipper that was painted on, and underneath was that whatever club was, was their like real the club, Superman like Flamengo or uh, Vasco da Gama or Fluminense underneath and th- and like they had it for like every club so I'm like oh I get it like people yeah. aren't really like underneath it's, it's sort of the opposite for Mexico it's like you yeah. have your your Club America shirt but deep down underneath it's an L3 shirt mm-hmm. no, like at the end of the day the, it's like that's what supersedes things. for the Mexican national team you got the half and halves have you ever seen those Dude, it's like the half Chivas half Mexican national team half America like you'll so see a couple of those yeah, yeah I mean they're out there there's people that I know for a fact like 
if you're a Club America fan, you see a guy with like a Chivas shirt at a fucking Mexico national team game, nine out of ten you're probably getting down. Like yeah. it is just like it is what it is. But like I think after that like little scrap or whatever, you'll be like, all right, fuck it, let's just watch Mexico play. Like, right. At the end of the day, you know, I think it's like you said, you know, in a lot of different other countries, you don't really see that. You know, that we can't put that aside. But you know, with with Mexico, it's it's something else. Like there is a sense of pride, passion, and like. Yeah fight for that country can we can we unpack that real quick just in terms of i want to see how similar that experience is to ours as Mm -hmm. korean national team fans but it's like the mexico usa thing especially because we share a border and it's it's, everything's so so tight-knit there but Mm -hmm. was it ever how did you make the decision to really be like l tree forever or to ever be like wasn't even a choice, was uh, it? Nah, but funny enough, I, I'm not like a L Tree supporter. Like right. I, I, I support the U.S. national team like 100, so, like yeah. that. But it's like, it's the thing for me is like I think a lot of people view that and they say, oh, like you, you don't fuck with L Tree. Like I, I'll support them, you know, when they're yeah, playing yeah. by themselves. Like, <laughs> like if it's like not against the U.S. national team, but for me, it's like if it comes down to the U.S. national team. Like obviously, I have my concerns with like the U.S.S.F. and all that shit, yeah, but like. Yeah. I, I really appreciate the team. As much as I grew up seeing in three, like I grew up also seeing the U.S. men's oh, national team. So it's like, I felt like that sense of like, you know what, the U.S. is like, it's here. You know, like the players at the time, like Landon Donovan and Josie oh. Altidore, like playing in that like 07, 08 squad. Yeah. A lot of them were still in MLS. So it's like having that and being able to see these players, whether it's here in L.A. or just anywhere on the TV, it was like cool to see that. So. That's how I made that decision. As far as when I was growing up, like more often than not an L Tree supporter, I guess that decision just kind of came about being surrounded by family. You know, you kind of you're not forced into it, but you're, you're kind of brought into it a little. Gotcha. It, it's like I don't want to say it's like hereditary, but it's like it feels like it's right, right, right. Yeah, it was the same, same experience. Uh, more or less. Like to be honest, like so after that 2010 World Cup, it's like I did still like follow both, but I started leaning a little more like U.S. You know. Shout out B76. <laughs> what up, B76? I know you got it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, I started following the U.S. Kind of like how Alex said, like, oh, these a lot of these guys play, like, here in the States. You know, we can yeah. watch them on TV. Yeah, so it's like I did feel, like, a bit of a connection there because it's like these guys do play in our backyard, but also just, like, because the, the, men's national, the U.S. men's national team, like, is pretty diverse, you know? And, like, yeah. that's what... Here in L.A. especially, like, that's what I grew up around is, like, mm. diversity, you know? It's right, like, right. yeah, you know, you have a lot of, like, Hispanics, a lot of Mexicans, but, you know, there's a lot of everything. And, like, that was my experience growing up is, like, growing up with like, all these different all kids people, and right. like, other people with, from different cultures, different backgrounds, you know? So it's like I saw a little bit, I felt a little bit of that, like, in the U.S. national team. That's how I felt represented there. Right. But then also, like, what Alex is saying, like, obviously, like, you still have your ties yeah, to your Mexican 100%. heritage. And yeah, it's yeah, sure. like, like, to be honest, like, right now, and like people are gonna give me shit for this, but I don't care. Like nah, I, a fact, I sit on the, I sit right on the fence. Like mm. because it's like I, I understand like oh they're they're both like rivals and they hate each other. And it's right, right. like I was born here, like here yeah. in the states with the Mexican background, like with Mexican heritage. You know, it's like if you want to give me shit for like, but I think that I've, yeah. I've got more people who are thinker more in that category yeah, dude, than people who are like one or the other super super dude, hard really think so? the other one. yeah no I've 100% more people yeah, a, little, a little bit more between these two teams Mexico mm-hmm. and yeah I feel like a lot of people it's not necessarily like they're they're sitting on a fence where they feel like oh man like I'm being judged every time I feel mm-hmm. like I say that I'm not ashamed to say that I, I support Mexico in a certain environment you know I feel like 
you know, kind of to what Edgar said, like, I'm not going to just denounce all that shit over just, like, saying I picked the U.S. 100% mm-hmm, at right. all. I, like, I hate that some people say it's like, oh, you're being so fucking fair, whether you just go to whichever team is, like, doing better, and it's just, like, I have love for my country as much as I have for my culture, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'd cry tears of joy if I see my dad crying tears of joy mm-hmm. over Mexico one day, hopefully fucking lifting the World Cup or, like, some shit like that, you know? Or even for, like, this past Gold Cup, I fucking was bummed out of shit we lost, but, like, I was like, you know what? Like, it's cool to see this, too, you mm-hmm. know? Like, mm-hmm. he's happy and, like, it's developing the sport in that country as well, so yeah. right. you get a little bit of the best of both worlds. It's not like, it's not like club football where it's, like, yeah. you pick... You're, you're born into whatever heritage you're born into. It's, true. it's just like, like I said, like born here in the States, but, you know, raised with Mexican traditions and, you know, some American traditions too. Mm-hmm. It seems, I don't really see yeah, why I'm not allowed to feel like, sure. Love for you know what? You know what's so you know? funny? Paul Tenorio, who's like probably my favorite writer who writes for MLS, wrote an article about this in The Athletic like a while back about um, Alvarez. Um, the galaxy Efren Alvarez because uh, because because I think I think <laughs> players who have dual nationality go through like a similar thing right yeah and but they have to choose mm, they yeah, can't yeah. not choose yeah right? no they, they have to make that that really big choice that it's like damn do yeah. I really want to commit to the US system yeah. or do I want to commit to the Mexican and, and that's like it's, and that's crazy. like it's both deeply personal and somewhat unfair mm-hmm. to yeah, them yeah. to them yeah. because like it's not as if they don't have the same sort of feelings that you guys are describing for these two teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just that by the nature of the rules, they have to choose. So yeah. everyone, they'll get burned as a pariah either way. Yeah, and choose by the other side. It's but. both like super personal and complicated, and it changes over time. Yeah. It's like you have different feelings for different things. It's not cut and dry. Like okay, like now that I'm playing for Mexico, yeah, like Mexican so. media is harsh, bro. Yeah, that shit is harsh. Like. You could literally be like walking a weird ass way and you're like, all right, this fucker sucks ass. Like, it, it's so bad. And I've seen it a lot of times when people have to choose their national team, you know? I remember most, not most recently, but a uh, case with Edgar Castillo. I think he plays with, I want to say the New England Revolution right now. There was a time in that position to kind of like choose and it was like really difficult for him to kind of come to terms with his choice. And I, I think he ultimately ended up choosing like Mexico, I want to say. Yeah. But, like, even then, it's just, like, I can't imagine to have to be in a position where you have to make that yeah. choice. No, I, I just sort of feel bad for those players, in yeah. a sense. Because, like, I spent like, way all too much time on the internet fighting people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all the waves, all the yeah. waves of, yeah. like, all yeah. the stuff that came out after that and the inquiries people were having. It's just, like, it, it, it would suck because the person who's in that, that position who just wants to play the sport. I understand that the, there has to be a rule, but, I'm, but I also understand it's, like, in some ways it's, like, better to be in you guys' shoes. Right. And yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, so, like, I, could, I could be on, like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You like, don't let, have let to. Let me tell you, like, how I understand, like, in terms of my national team fandom, and you guys, I, I want to hear what you guys think. It's just, like, I'm Korean national team through and through. I do not speak very good Korean, first off. I think that's important. Second off, um, if I was ever talented enough to be, to be um, uh, maybe even play for either of these countries... I don't think I'd choose Korea because I don't want to serve two years military service, you know? Like, yeah. So there's there's something in that, but also at the same time, like, if there ever was, if there ever was, like, an, like a Korean-American player who chose the U.S., I think we'd have some feelings about it. And, we, and just like the Mexican media is really rough, the Korean press would rip, really? would rip that person. I think, oh, yeah. For sure. And, like, that's that happens in our friend group. That happens all over. And it is a process, but I think it's, it's a scenario that will continue to become more more widespread because just how 
immigration works, how, you know, like... Just how massive the sport has become. Yeah, the too. massive the sport has yeah. become and how how, um, how lucrative it is. And also, yeah. but it still maintains the core value of, like, this is the most important tournament in the entire world, right, at the same time. Yeah, yeah no, it, I think this exists in, like, every national team who's yeah. ever had, like, a dual national come oh, on. Or, sure. You know, like, you see it a lot with Brazilian players who's had one parent who was born right. on one side of the, you know... Diego I mean, Costa picked picked. Um, well, even the Dos Santos brothers, right? Their pops is from. On that yeah, guy, their man. pops is from Brazil. So, oh, Cicinho, like, right? Yeah. So, I hate that guy. but, <laughs> but sometimes that it guy. seemed like you know there was like there was like moments where it's like they kick. He's not real, you know. And yeah. You saw it with yeah, the U.S. No. national team with yeah, like yeah, yeah. the German, oh, American. You know the, the those those players are like oh they're not they're not the, and like they try to d- make all these delineations for like what would be required like. The, f- the language has to be like more fluent like he's got too much of an accent yeah. or like oh, you know, sure. he only spent yeah. this much time in the US yeah. versus Crazy. like yeah. it's like yeah. it's, it's pretty it's, like weird and dicey and like really uncomfortable all the yeah. time yeah, like, can you like, imagine going through like an intro interview with these people and like yo give me your fucking best like version I mean, it's, of like it's, talking like, it's, just, it's crazy in general that where you're born just all your rights and everything about your life can be different just you know dependent yeah. on that that's yeah. just that's nationalism, man. I remember when, like, I think there there was a time where U.S. and Korea played. I don't remember exactly when it was. And then at a young age, I was like, oh, like, I like both teams. And my pops was not having that shit. <laughs> He's like, you're Korean, mother. You know what I mean? He, he, he don't play that shit. He was yeah. like, nah, you're Korean no, I, and you're going to root for Korea. So it, it was a grain to me. I still, I still have a soft spot for the U.S. team, but... That's nurture. My yeah. pops wasn't having that shit. He's, he said, "You're Korean, motherfucker. You gonna root for the Korean team?" Dude, I just heard a story from my 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 little cousin went to Korea, like deep, like um, deep, like out in the like farmland somewhere, and then um, they had the Olympics on. Michael Phelps was swinging uh, swimming against them, a Korean swimmer, and as soon as the the national anthem, USA national anthem came on, he started chanting USA, USA in the house, and everybody like my cousin was like twelve at the time, and everybody in the house just looked at him. Like, Who taught you? And where do we lose you in this in this scenario? But it's for him, like it's it's a weird thing because we're taught patriotism at a young age, right? And the good things about patriotism can be really incredible, but at the same time, when both sets of head but like they they really come come to terms like that it's yeah. it gets really messy and then you start having people asking about like how accented is his english you know and to to prove to prove a, a loyalty to a country right and it's it gets real complicated but yeah. it's weird like we saw it in um after the French team won, right this this year, yeah, and how many of them, um, their parents came from African descent, or that, or that some of them that was were some of them born. Right, that, right. that was that was not right, bro. And like, but on both sides, they're like yeah. they're like, oh, they're these are, they are French people. They have French citizenship. This is yeah, beautiful yeah, yeah. and all that that came out. But also, I think it's important so, to recognize the other side of exactly. It too. Yeah, and some of the players were like, and like even um, Turam, like in from '98, was talking about how like. You say these beautiful things when we're winning, but as soon as we lose the game, like it's this really ugly, ugly monster that comes out, right? And we have Sean Ye walking. Sean Ye is in the backyard. Oh shit! The audio engineer of the pod (laughs) (laughs) has just arrived. We're gonna take a quick break, have some snacks, greet Sean. We're gonna be back with you guys in segment two. Peace. Back here, FCFC Pod. We're here at the Yo Todd segment of our of our podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, I just want to ask y'all when uh, <laughs> when you when you guys got that late night text from me, 
and said, um, I want you to join this team and I want to really elevate this thing and we love the culture and we all get it together, you know? Like, what were you, what did you guys have in mind to see where this thing was going to go? Like, what, what did you what did you want to come out of this thing? And I think out of FCFC, out of you guys, and in terms of your artistic skills, like, what did you want to kind of really pop off? Well, for starters, I was, like, really concerned as to why you were texting us at 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> That's right. And, like, I just, especially a group For the challenge. listeners, if Josh doesn't text you at 2.30 in the morning, <laughs> we don't care about you like that, so it was good. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it was just, like, random as fuck. So, I mean, I didn't really mind, but as soon as you brought up the idea of being part of, like, a creative team, I was more than happy to just come on because, you know, coming on was really the was really the start of something bigger for FCFC and I think that we had a common vision and a plan to get there. Oh, yeah. As far as like I guess like a personal quote unquote feeling of how I feel being now on board or how I felt initially. I just wanted to bring the best possible content that mm. we could to the podcast. I don't think that there's anything like I'm so to speak like seeking out of it. I don't I don't think there was anything like that from the start. But it's more so like how can we continue to grow this uh, platform and expand it to an even bigger audience. This week Edgar cut together um, a Carlos Vela highlight reel with the uh, with the Alex Caruso Ooh. dunk song. <laughs> shout out, shout yeah, out, shout out, Ball Mamba. Two years, baby, let's go. That's <laughs> awesome. But you you can kind of see even from our IG feed and Twitter feed, like this thing is advancing. And man, Edgar, I just want to hear from you, man. What what did you think when um, you got the call? And how do you feel about going forward, man, in the future? Well, I was dead asleep when you sent this. <laughs> I woke up at like nine a.m. and read all that, and I was like, <laughs> oh cool, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah like, he really did just say I'm down the next No, day. yeah, dude, dead ass. That was like, a bit. That well, was the worst part of the conversation it. is just says I'm down. No, the worst <laughs> part about it is Josh and I had a total heart to heart conversation <laughs> about how this is like a great plan. And I'm like, yo, like I haven't even fucking let this dude respond. Like the next morning he's like, yeah, fuck it, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, like this dude is a fucking god when it comes to design and shit. Oh, and, you know? god damn. So it's like I I already knew oh, what he was gonna bring to the table. So when you said that, I was like, yeah, I'm down. Like I have some kind of like vague ideas but there was really nothing there yeah you know even photography wise like because for the most part like a lot of the stuff that i do for the club is just shoot stuff as it's going on you know mm -hmm. not so much think of ideas for stories to tell yeah shoot the something, story. something personally that i really need to work on you know mm -hmm. so it's like this is definitely a platform for me to do that for sure nice um we're a good practice yeah. space hey. <laughs> but um yeah like it wasn't because i've honestly like since then i've spent like every day thinking like what the hell do I have to contribute to the FCFC like I don't know what the hell to do with it <laughs> this dude's over here like killing it like with all the covers and nah, for, like dude, all the we, we have some ideas I'm just, coming I'm just, your way yeah, and I'm just like just I'm just in the chat like oh that's cool you know, enjoy the calm right now <laughs> no nah, it's funny he mentions that about the covers and every week dude I think it's easy when I know the people like that are on yeah. you know I have like with Chi and like obviously like Benny mm -hmm. but I'm going to admit it like the two hardest covers I had to do were Vince and mm -hmm. Casey like yeah. I just think like with Casey it was a little easier because like we have that Arsenal connection mm -hmm. but definitely like with Vince I was like dude I only know this guy on Twitter like <laughs> it's so weird like do I just like fucking plug his like at name on there or something shout out to Vince real quick like yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody's listening to that it's just like fuck like I feel like I know you now a little yeah, bit. And it's yeah. like, I think something that we talked about in our first initial meeting, you know, and as far as you said, you know, where did we see this going? I think a pretty good response to that would be, you know, we wanted to give people a glimpse further past the surface, you know? Yeah. We see, you know, these people on a near weekly basis. You know, how many times do you ever really get to sit down with a person and, and get to know them for, you know, their past and oh, what sure. their passions are? So it's like, I think, you know, this podcast 
it serves its purpose of really, you know, diving past that surface level, diving past what our perceptions are and really opening people up to, you know, really the masses and saying, you know, this is who I am and like, right. mm-hmm. this is an introduction to myself, my yeah. passions and my, my past and like, I hope that by listening to this, you can get a little bit of that and, and you can really learn about who I am and maybe, you know, we have something in common. Heck yeah, man. I think that's the point where it's like, for Edgar, Alex, and Sam and I, like we think about SG stuff seven days a week. Like that's Shit, just man, that's that has become. There, there's no off season. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the biggest job of my life. I love it's it so much. <laughs> it's the best. But you guys, don't you guys feel like FCSC kind of? It, it's a slightly different muscle. It created muscle, right? Like you can kind of first discovered your boner. You first discovered your boner. That's, <laughs> that's the FCFC tagline. When you first discovered your boner. But it really is just like this week's title. <laughs> you get to do something that I think that we all have been learning through the culture, but yeah. also, I know that we're putting out a lot of lot of great stuff with our SGs. But like this becomes a, a place where it's like, man, this is our contribution to the culture Dude, in a new 100%, way. hundred percent because like. There's a lot of the stuff, like, for example, I'll, I'll, I'll start picking out what I've done for you guys. It's like that, that Velographic. Mm. I had that idea just lingering, and I just knew that if we put it out through, like, expos, like, there's obviously some sentiment about it because that's the club, you know? Yeah, you yeah. Know, That is Vela. That is LAFC. Sure. So it feels like we have a little bit more leeway to do more stuff, like, displaying, you know, like, figures like Vela or, like, right, right, right. even, like, using, like, the LAFC stuff, you know? It's, yeah, yeah. It's... it's liberating at times and it's cool to just kind of get out of the rhythm of just doing sg stuff right. too. like oh yeah man it's awesome dude and like we and couldn't it, be more happier to be on honestly it's it's so it's so in it because like even the the kind of this the city hall like skyline backdrop you put onto that like i when i when i saw that i remembered like when um the supporters a group of supporters and myself went to um city hall to talk about how, how lafc needs more um kind of advertising and billboard yeah. usage, right? And, like, that was, like, a request from uh, the 1352. Like, let's talk about a community area club in a bigger way. But it's, like, we're so, in like, entangled and entwined with all this stuff that it really becomes a thing where it's, like, man, everything that we come that comes out of your brain is for, at the heart of it, it's for the North End, right? And yeah, I think that's, that's something that's, that's, um, that's really, really precious to me and special to me. So I love that we're creating new things around it, man. It's really incredible. You want to know what's funny about that graphic? It was supposed to... I. It's not that it was, like, a throwaway, but, like, I had planned it for, like, a certain person that should have signed for the Lakers. Didn't actually end up signing. Nah, we don't Carly speak, of, yeah, really we don't speak of that person on this <laughs> Stupid-ass laugh. Fuck, Fuck that you. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, up, Sticks? Miss you, bro. You got too little more to say about that on Twitter. I have, I have nothing left to say about everything that I've had to say that's been it's said. Hey, oh, I, I, that, after that Friday night, Edgar uh, was like, I'm so glad nah, we're dude, on the fuck it, time, um, so we can uh, drink a bit. And talk I, was, about this. I was out with Monty and Penny that night. I got the notification from our friend Mike. Shout out to Mike real quick, but like it just ruined our whole night. <laughs> like we were like in a parking lot, and then like I just told him, and then like Benny just fucking went off and hit his vape the hardest. Yeah. Just, that motherfucker was coughing. That's the first time yeah. I've seen him do some shit like that. You had a little yeah. taste of uh, the next fandom at that time. That was and uh, we ain't having that, man. We ain't having that. Come on, we're trying to get on the same level here, y'all. Come yeah. on. And, uh, I'll I'll never be at that level. Don't ever compare us to that. <laughs> I, had, I had that Knicks experience at Yankee Tavern when we were watching that Knicks Lakers game. You remember yeah. that? Oh, oh man. man, that was beautiful. Oh, New York was crazy. Shout out to New York away days. Fuck New York. They took over Yankee. Hey, come on, y'all. Hey, 
gotta give love to New York. Shout out to a lot of love to New York, Brooklyn, all them. I'll give you a Redux like fucking Benji's cover, but till then I hate you. Wait, you know what I want to talk about? What? The internet. Because what? Because no, check this out. As we were talking about all this, and I'm looking over at these guys. And just trying to absorb their youth onto my old, weary, oh my mental baggage. <laughs> what, a strange, I was like, what a strange thing to say. No, no, I was like, I was like, holy shit, they grew up with the internet. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole time. No, dude, so funny enough, like, I grew up in a household pretty much without internet, dude. Because my parents were just so fucking cheap to not want to buy an internet baggage. And, like, we had a computer, like, I think for up until the age like of 10 I just knew about like Microsoft Paint and shit so like I was like just fucking like drawing and doodling on there and shit and then like my mom one day was just like oh we got internet and I was like fuck like let me catch up with all of this shit so like that was around the time where like MySpace was still pretty big like the very early years of YouTube and it's like I don't think I grew up with it in that like early era of my life but I definitely as a teen it, it, it molded me as like not necessarily who I was, but it introduced me to a lot of the people who influenced me, 100%. Like, All I'm getting from this is that you have to make the cover for this episode on Microsoft Paint now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'll put, like, the fucking, like, little, like, window, like, So, shit. So you're, like, the origins of your designing computer right. graphic abilities <laughs> all came on. At, so actually, it was beneficial. You didn't have the internet. You couldn't get distracted <laughs> like the rest of us with E-bombs World. And you were just over there, like, doing Microsoft Paint and, like, making some little squares and stuff, right? Nah, dude, so funny enough, like, I think if we're going to touch on that topic of, like, the origins of... Touch like, on it. Touch, touch on it. Yeah, shout out to Ray. Hey. <laughs> no, nah, but, like, uh, yeah. if we're really going to speak on that, like... Because I didn't have the internet, I had to really learn to keep myself entertained with other ways. And one of them was I took art classes all through like middle school, high school. Like every elective that I could take was like in any way, shape, or form related to art. Do you ever so, remember being bad at it? Oh yeah. Like of in the beginning, were you yeah. like not good and you wanted to get good, and then you took classes and you're like, now I'm good. Yeah, no, like well, I think some of the early, early, early things are just kind of like stuff I would just you know doodle in like notebooks and, and like early like drawings in like kindergarten or like first grade or whatever the point where I realized like oh shit like you know this is like something I can I think it was like somewhere around like seventh grade where like I could uh one of my teachers you know you talk to my mom like you should really like think about like putting him into like a school for this mm. and like my mom was like what the fuck no like <laughs> my son, she was that like, sounds expensive that, that and she was like this motherfucker's gonna starve if he does this shit like and like at the time like my mom was just like yeah no if it's creative and like that means that you have to like dedicate your full time to the fuck no like mm. she loved me being involved like we talked earlier but mm. like she always was like very school like mm. i'm doing you have to do school and then anything is like after so, like, um, yeah, I, I did drawing and whatnot, but my first actual, like, introduction to, like, designing and shit would probably be, like, I want to say, like, 2014. I did, like, artwork and, like, uh, band flyers, concert flyers for, like, my, my friend's band, who at the time was, like, playing in the, the May Runners. It was, like, a weird, really shitty like, emo punk band. That was probably my first. Hit. Hey, when you stand up? Hey. Hey, there's a young Dweez. There we go. Dweez siding. Shout out to the A1A one time. Uh, at the time, it was just, dude, I did everything off my phone. Like, it was crazy. Because, like, he might... Four teams? Yeah, yeah. Dude, it's crazy. Like, what was I doing? I was just doing all this shit off of my phone. And then this guy's like, why don't you, like, fucking, like, try to make, like, money off this? I was like, dude, you can do that. There's no way that I could fucking make money off of, like, shitty little designs I'm making off my phone. Like, fuck that. So I did, like, a bunch of, like, art- album artworks for them and, and their friends and whatnot. And then 
I kind of just gave it all up. I had no interest in it at all. Like, I was just like, eh, like, I guess they like it. I guess they kind of fucked with it, but it's not really my thing. Mm. Up until, like, really, like, exposed. If you asked me, like, last December, like, what, were you, what would you be doing? I'd be like, ah, oh, shit, dude, I don't really know. But, like, now it's, like, a whole different tra trajectory with, like, designing and, like, what we're doing. It's, like, crazy, man. How did the Expo's first design happen? Though? Like, how did, did, was that something that you said, that you said, like, yo, did you, did you just, like, speak up, like, I could do it? No, when so. When they were, like, looking for people for help? Or how the app you started making? Me and Ben, I'm going to yeah. make a little basketball reference. Me and okay. Benny went full, like, LeBron. Yeah. And just went and recruited this guy. <laughs> so, okay, what's funny about that is, like, the whole first season, I, like, got into LAFC. Like, I obviously wasn't coming to a lot of games because I was still living up in the Bay Area. Oh, wait. Yo, that was... You guys recruited him right before we were going to start recruiting him. Fuck you guys. <laughs> we'll get into that. Nah, it was funny because, like, I, like, I was... The first ever game, like, I could physically attend was that Dortmund friendly because, like, up until then, I was, like, living in San Francisco, doing school full-time. I really was broke as shit. Like, I was the epitome of a broke college student you know i couldn't even fuck it. i could barely afford day-to-day -day meals let alone come back home and go to a lafc game so i was working at starbucks at the time and like i was saving up money just like i was like looking at all the buzz i, I mean i had gotten the email back in like 2015 with like the just, original sticker just imagine alex and that green apron dog it's dude so nah that shit sucked <laughs> yeah, bro. it's so cute that like. shit sucked man <laughs> yo like i'll probably toss that onto the artwork so oh i got some God, pictures but so like good. yo man fuck starbucks <laughs> but no um yeah like i was saving up money to come to my first game that whole first season i went into the north end completely just without any expectation not really knowing what the full environment was like i saw it on tv but you never really get the full thing until you go and immerse yourself into mm -hmm. it and i left that game just in love i kept going back every single game funny enough the first event that this fucker mentioned the first ever lafc related event that i went to was that tsg uh nikki sports yeah. uh, pop-up in uh at chapman plaza God right yeah. yeah and like Josh, like, I was, like, over here, like, hassling this motherfucker on Instagram, like, yo, you got 2X on these shirts, yeah, and it's, like, yeah. I don't know, man, like, it was, it was, like, a lot of this, like, back and forth between that, that little interaction, but, like, it was super cool, and, like, as more and more I got immersed into the North, and at the time, I was just, like, really just taking shitty pictures off my phone and posting them. Yeah, they were, they were, nah, yeah, I mean, they were, they were fucking trash, like, for <coughs> But, um, yeah, these guys, like, specifically Benny and Edgar, like, one day just, you know, hit me up, and we were just talking. We kept kind of talking, like, probably I'd say from September and onward, and then I came back for winter break, and by then I was, like, already, like, off Starbucks. I was, like, interning for, like, another company. I was, like, making, you know, decent enough money to be able to come back to games, be able to spend time back in L.A. So um, by that time... They literally, like, full... <laughs> they literally recruited me, like, sniped me the fuck up. And... Fuckers. <laughs> by then, um... They kind of... We didn't force him in it. No, yeah, yeah. yeah nah, but they were, Whatever. Like, they didn't kid that. They didn't go, like, full Rondo and LeBron. But this is the first time you had met him. No, no. no. We'd, we'd met before. We've met before, and we've probably been in places that we've been in the same room yeah, and there yeah there like, there was a point where like five years ago we were at the same place at the same time but we'll get into that yeah later. uh but yeah going back into that first design um question so i that night that they um you know talked to me i was showing them a couple designs i had on my phone they're like oh this is really like, cool or whatever and like i was like yo who does your merch and you're like you're basically looking at the merch team right now so I was like, all right, cool. Like, that's pretty sick. And when I joined, because I after that night, it was like uh, they had taken me out for drinks for my birthday. 
And um, I want to say maybe like Damn, they did the full court press on you, dude. dude. Yeah. Come on, man. Did the he got game fucking full college recruit shit. <laughs> I had a, like I had a bunch of like SG hats in front of me. Like, <laughs> thing, man. No, um, so yeah, they they brought me. <laughs> I just pictured it. He's I've wearing a Starbucks apron while he's that. I know, like I'm taking it off. I've announced I'm taking my talents to. Uh, like, <laughs> but um, my no. Next chapter. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, fucking picture. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, I basically by by that time it was December and they basically were telling me you know it'd be cool if you joined the merch committee and I was like are you sure man like yeah. I, I haven't really done design in like at least a good like five four or five years you know and at that time I downloaded my combo of three apps download Fonto download Pixar and download Afterlight those three apps will fucking change your life like, Fonto Pixar, Pixar, and Afterlife, and after P H O N T O. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, I with the F O N. Yeah. So like, what's funny enough at the time that I kind of joined the merch committee, they were already in talks of doing our like usual like on tour shirt, which mm-hmm. is like the first year was like ACDC. This mm-hmm. year's is Maiden, mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, well I could take a crack at it. So I originally did like. A, a different piece and it was like oh well, we kind of want to do Maiden like they're playing at the bank it'd be really cool to do it so I was like alright well this is totally out of my fucking like element so like let me just oh, let's see if I can let me see if I can do it like I just I really didn't know what the fuck I was doing I did this like whole number of the beast design off the phone and then like Benny hits me up on the side and he's like yo you did this on your phone didn't you and I'm just like oh shit like I've been caught you know like these fuckers are about to kick me out the merch channel and like he's like nah dude like you should download like you know a different program and like maybe it'll come out like a lot more sharper yeah Benny yeah no, dude like I'm saying these fuckers really pushed me in the right direction and like I downloaded Photoshop and that first time I was using it dude I was lost as fuck bro I told Benny like yo take my computer man dude just do whatever the fuck you gotta do just like yeah. figure it out so we're over here figuring out that on tour design like a lot of it had to do with like one of our other members and part of our merch committee Dustin he was like really like you know in that process inputting like different like photos and whatnot. when it came down to it it was like a really big collaborative effort you know, amongst our entire group and we really did our best to piece it together and like it was a lot of um, you know hard work that went into that shirt and I think like that goes to say for any SG a lot of people see the shirts a lot of people see the outcome but they don't see the that work that goes into putting that you know content out and and material out so after like three months of like going back and forth that new york trip was all that more special because that was like that debut for us like being able to say this is our first away day here's our new shirts like and and like the the feedback and like the reception was crazy like you got beta wearing it you got like a bunch of people like uh max he's like super in love with maiden so like he really fucked with it and Mm -hmm. like I know a lot of people in Expos really like it, and like it's not to say that that's what we design merch for, you know. I, I think like you said earlier, we do it all for the love of the North End, and like yeah. to make sure that the North End looks good. So when we uh, put that shirt out, it was like so crazy that you know we I it's, for me it was like a fucking huge step forward because it's like shit. Like January, I was doing shit off my phone, hoping that these fuckers would like it. Three months later, like, I've somewhat learned a fucking program that can help me, you know, do this shit a little better. And, like... LFC is an education, man. Yeah, no, and it's, it goes to show, bro. Like, it really... If you really want to do something, you won't let it fucking stop you. Like, shit, like, I, I mean, it's yeah. not that I didn't have access to Photoshop. I'm just too lazy or too fucking broke to pay for it. So it's, like, if you want to do shit, doing it off your phone is also cool. Just, like, if you know how to do it, just do it. That's incredible, man. I think, yeah, that's wild. 
freaking Benny and Edgar putting on the best Jerry West impression and, <laughs> and getting Jerry West is the goat snatching him right out of your face. fucking Jerry West yeah. why'd you ever leave us Benny's got the golden eye yeah, no, that's he's a uh, yeah, he's he's got a good eye for shit, man. Like, I mean, even when Benny was on the pod, like, and we thought it was all just clothing, and then we talked about furniture for a second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just talking about know. mid-century modern furniture, themes, chairs, and shit. Uh, Damn, like, we, 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 all have, like, our, we all have like our hidden traits, man. It's yeah, crazy, man, and, like, sure. I'm sure. I'm sure, like, Edgar's got some weird shit on the side apart from photography. Yeah, so, yeah, what's your weirdest shit, bro? Come on, tell weirdest shit. Bit. Yeah, oh, like, what's you your like? What's your thing that you're? You eat ass. He likes that shit. Dude. So what's, yeah, what's a weird thing? We didn't we didn't really get into everyone's weird stuff. Yeah. What about I went into my accordion oh, shit, guys. Like what? I, I mean, like, I, I don't like know. I don't know. Define weird. Like well, like what would be the thing that not a lot of people expect? All right, let's say you're on a first date. Right, mm. and she's like, like, what kind of special interests or like special, <laughs> special or, or um, special like fucker, special talents do you have? Special talents. <laughs> I eat ass. <laughs> hey man, that's a talent. A lot of people can't even find food to eat. <laughs> foul, oh, man. Hey, if you don't want to talk about your weird talent, you're allowed to tell us how you started taking photos, too. Oh, yeah. Let's hear yeah, 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 no, I mean, the, the two kind of, I mean, not necessarily weird talent, but I guess, like, I started taking photos, like, well, I started taking photos, like, end of high school, like, senior year. I picked up a camera because that's when I was really, like, okay, I'm about to go to college in a few months. I still don't know what the fuck I want to study, <laughs> you know? And then, like, I so just... So you just try to start taking pictures yeah, of these like, hoes. <laughs> nah. nah. <laughs> just kidding. Go on. No. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. Like, I it's, like, it's the Hennessy. It's like our last week with Hennessy. <laughs> Growing up, like, middle school, like, I started, like, skating. And even though towards, like, the end of high school, I kind of stopped. Wasn't skating as much. Like, I still really, like, kept up with the culture and... Um, just everything going on like within like the skateboarding world because apart from skating and like Pat kind of touched on it too I remember in his episode where he's like I was talking to some new skateboarding like one really big thing in skateboarding apart from the actual skating are the visuals you know like thrash skating magazines skateboard were mag, huge recipe skateboard mag mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah yeah RIP man that's crazy um, but yeah like the photos and then even just like the designs <coughs> and the Obviously, like, the videos, too. Like, that was something that I always, like, really gravitated towards. So I was like, hey, why don't I, like, take a crack at that, you know? So, funny enough, like, skateboarding was what got me into photography. I never really photographed skateboarding, but that's another story. (laughs) I just, like, as you're talking about this, I've got Jamie Thomas fulfilled the dream in my head. Yeah. Just, like, fun. I don't know. Girl... The, cho- the chocolate and girl video, Mouse. You guys ever seen yeah, Mouse? Yeah, yeah. You've seen Welcome to Hell from Toy Machine, Ed Templeton. Come on, y'all. Day one song, flip that board over and grind on the other side and flip it back over. Dude. Shout out Day one. Day one, real Day, one is, one Day one is a G, man. Like, I'll go to, I'll go to, like, this park in Gardena and I can just skate for a little bit and then this dude will just pull up and, like, hit a few lines, like, say what's up to everybody and then bounce and we're just like... Yo, that shit yeah. is weird. You ever, you ever fuck with Andy Roy? Yeah. Did a few lines. Dude, like, I, like, I skateboarded meetings. through this, like, four-year period, and everything <laughs> afterwards... The three-star. I'm the worst. I'm, like, the oh, worst sh- person about knowing what happens to things after I'm done with them. Oh, <laughs> I'm not done with skateboarding. I still love skateboarding, but I just, like, I only have the bandwidth for so many interests at one time. Yeah. You know, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm like, dude, I'm so old. <laughs> so, 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 Eric Costin was my favorite skateboarder, all right? 
Eric is he still around? He has an Eric Costin. Yeah, yeah dude, do a okay. kickflip, man. Ryan, shut up, dude. Hey, I used to spend a lot of time on Hot Rod on, uh, what is it, Westwood Boulevard? You ever been to Hot Rod? I don't even know if it still exists. Oh, that was my, that was my Bro, skate shop, Stop guys. showing your age, please. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, We're getting back to Edgar. Sorry about that. I was I was getting bleary eyed, looking off into the past. Oh, someone's got a someone's up burning some fucked up car, man. Someone <laughs> wanted to hear more about Eric. Costin. But did you did you get into skating because you wanted to film it or because you wanted to? Get I was always too chicken shit to actually go to like a park or something and embarrass myself. Mm. So like I would just skate in my backyard and then just skate flat ground. Mm. Like that's all I skated was flat ground. And even then, like I'm still sorry. Like I'll get my ass whooped in a game of skate. I'm pretty trash. Like. I was not good at all. I am not good at all, but it's just like, it was something, like, skateboarding was something that I really gravitated towards, mm-hmm. and then, you know, like, the visual side of it, that's what kind of made me want to pick up a camera, you know? It's like, I got a camera for, like, my birthday, it was, like, 18th birthday or something, mm-hmm. and then, you know, just always had it on me, like, would skate around, and then just, like, grab your typical, like... Instagram photos of like a sunset with like some palm trees in the foreground or some shit. Yeah. You started more with scenic. Right? Yeah, I mean Target. scenic, and then also just like whenever I'd go kick with my friends, I just had my camera, mm. you know. And then it eventually just turned into like people will lead me up like, hey, like hey, we're gonna go here, like you should come. Oh, don't forget your camera though. <laughs> every every group needs one, man. Honestly, like TSG, we don't have any photographers, so we suck at stopping to take group photos. It's like Are you a proper <laughs> camera guy? Like, do you do you, do you Jones out on like knowing different different kinds of cameras, different lenses? Do you go buy real film? Do you get different things developed? Are you like how far down the rabbit hole are we as a photographer? I mean, I'm, I'm I'm mostly digital. Although I started the very first camera I picked up. So before I got that like digital camera for my birthday, like I have an uncle that um, is big into photography, mm. and he had like a bunch of old film stuff. So I asked him like, oh, do you have like. I was like, oh, do you have do you have like any old like film cameras that you're not using? You know, like, there yeah, are like, leftover fireworks in in South Central LA. Which all after a two and a half hour full blast fireworks all around this thing, you're like, how are there extra? Because we got drug dealers on the block that got money to throw away. <laughs> so, where were we? so skateboarding is what made me want to pick up a camera, but yeah. then that was like around the time that all my friends like stopped skating. You know, so it was like. And even then, at the time, like, I was only skating every now and then. So I'll kind of fast forward through some shit a little bit. Like, I picked up the camera, went to Cal State Fullerton for a semester, and thought I was going to study photography. And they threw me in, like, all these prerequisites beforehand that was, like, drawing, painting, 2D design, 3D design. And I'm like, okay, these are going to help, like, the illustration and graphic design people. But, like, I just press a button, man. Like, what the hell is all this going to do for me? You know, I'm spending all this money on, like, pencils and shit when I can just, like, (laughs) when I can... I dropped out of college after, like, one semester and for, like, a good two years was just working. But, like, in, in during those two years, I would always go. There's this venue in uh, Anaheim called Chain Reaction. That's, like, the legendary, like, hardcore, like, that's, like, that's, like, the venue in the scene. So, mm-hmm. and what's cool about it is, like, super small. Like, what scene are we talking about? Come on. Like, it's the hardcore, hardcore scene, bro. The scene. Oh, the scene. The scene. <laughs> it's a super small venue where, you know, anybody could just take in a camera or whatever. Like, security wasn't really bugging. There's no barricades or anything it's like right next to it is like what was it, it was like a thrift store mm-hmm. there was a and thrift store and like a, and a restaurant i think it yeah. was like a chinese place something like that yeah. right dude i don't know how the fuck they like managed to get that spot just because it was a, <laughs> so it was desolate, a yeah. yeah it was a desolate hole in the wall like kind of like in an outlet type of thing bro it was does weird. it still exist oh yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah, yeah. that place yeah, has been around since i was in high school yeah, yeah. 
What you know about Che? Yeah. Oh no, I just oh, I had shit. friends that played there, but oh, I never shit. went there because I was like, you stage dive? I was like, that shit, <laughs> that shit sound crazy. I'm not trying. To, yeah. I, I thought I was black growing up, so I wasn't really trying to get the hardcore <laughs> spot. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like I was, I was like super into that music, so I would always go at least like once a month. Especially like 2014, I was there at least like once a month, like just taking photos of shows. And then funny enough, like when I was. When I was showing these guys, like, oh, like, the shows that I shot there, because there's, like, some other people in the North End that are, like, in that same, like, style of music, too, like, mm-hmm. hardcore, and then, you know, pop like, metalcore, pop punk, punk all yeah. that, all that shit. <laughs> I didn't know, like, like <laughs> that you listened to any of that stuff, and I was like, yeah, dude, like, I used to, like, shoot shows all the time, and I was like, I forgot who I was showing, um, like, photos I've shot at shows, but there was this one show in 2014, it was called, like, the Common Vision Tour, and it was these bands called The Hundred who've done, like, a completely 180 and don't even play hardcore music anymore, but, um... Being as an ocean is, like, a weird fucking mashup of, like, spoken word and, like, people crying in the microphones and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but that sounds like church. <laughs> <laughs> We're, like, honestly... Funny enough, they are yeah. a Christian band. Are they? Oh, yeah, I fucking <laughs> <you know. laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. It was, like, capsize. Oh, shit. Capsize, who else? I'm trying to, I'm to be blessed. Is that I'm not fucking band that Oh, it was, it was forever. No, Handguns. no, it was, it was Handguns and Forever Came Calling. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... Like I took photos at that show and I was showing I was showing people and like this guy was there and he's like wait yeah I was like what the fuck dude you went to these type of fucking shows like oh did you say you were at that same oh show yeah too? I was I yeah. was at that show too yeah it so, was crazy like, so we were both at that show and like funny enough like here we are like five years later like fucking this is like my boy right here so yeah hey. yeah but no it's it's crazy it really is like a small world I think goes a lot to say with like the north end and shit like you'll find people that you are saying like yo i could have been in the same fucking spot with you or i maybe was and it's like as someone that's a bit older you run into those situations quite often moving forward (laughs) (laughs) but you do run into them a lot yeah yeah, yeah. with lafc crossover oh yeah well you know what what's interesting is that there are a lot more rock heads than hip-hop heads in the north really i feel like it's a bit even yeah it's a bit even I mean as someone who probably grew up in like two sides of the spectrum I'd say it's pretty even like you get a bit of both I think the I think the rock the rock aesthetic is more present and more visible a lot of the merch design and and different stuff is is more that's that's more on the surface but you come to find out that there's like a ton of hip hop Uh, we gonna start airbrushing again yo oh yo (laughs) hey yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> Shut up, Sam. <laughs> Shut up. Keep your airbrushed eyes open. Uh, but now, like, nah, pick, piggybacking off that, like, that's one thing I really love the, about. We're moving on. Like, Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, like, piggybacking off that, like, it's one thing I really love about LAFC is that, and, like, I was telling my friends about this earlier that I'm, like, trying to get out to games and stuff. It's like, it's so much more than just than just going to see a soccer game. Like as cliche as that sounds. Who the hell watches the soccer game? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. wait, there's a there's a game. There's right? a game. Yeah, but yeah, it really is. And you know what? Like, what's interesting is I was actually, uh, you know, the Megan Rapino speech that she gave, mm-hmm. where she talked about like, you know, like everyone's more than just what we're perceived as. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we have these duties and responsibilities, and and you know, with even with the bylaws of what the thirty two fifty two is like. Those are set not only in our beliefs but in our rules. Like to yeah. be part of the thirty two fifty two, you have a duty to to be part of the community and do good in the community. And you know what I mean. As we're growing our own communities, mm-hmm. so like it, it was dope. I got to hear that and it kind of hit home kind of hard with me because, like we said, we were talking about it earlier. Is like you know this podcast 
is we're showing that everybody that we know within the 3252 is they have their own identity as like who they are as black and gold, right? We see the same people, we say what's up, we hug each other, we embrace. But until you sit down and have these types of conversations, you really don't know like how much more there is to them. Yeah. And that's kind of why, you know. No, I, th- I mean, I think that that's part of it. And like to, to piggyback off that, plus the idea. Touch on that. As, as, as much as I uh, am internet of, I have internet aversions in some ways. I also think when I think of LAFC and how so many people got involved, it also had something to do with the internet. They got drawn in by an image they saw online, a video they saw online, yeah, same. some some voices yeah. that they saw, and they kind of got drawn in that way, yeah. right? And so it's cool for for us to have somebody like Vince over, or other people part of this like this this footballing universe in Los Angeles that you can now discover something more about them than just the flashes that you see online because it's so hard to represent a person yeah. on the internet yeah. and it's just so hard to represent someone just in the you know the short period of time you might see them in a game right mm-hmm. that's why a lot of a lot of reasons I think people say away days are the best days isn't really just because you got to go get to go see these different yeah. cities and stuff and see your club and your city representing those ways you also get a have conversations with someone at more length. I mean, I remember yeah. as everybody it's here It's not knows, like El Catrine Muerto is walking around Monday through Sunday fully in face paint. No, like... There's sh- something more. Hey, shout out <laughs> yeah. shout out to Benny Thrifts for real, though. Like, I, I don't think he and I had, like, a full-blown conversation for the first time until we were in New York next to the jukebox and I was over there oh, like trying shit. to find some was that the billiard spot that was no that was the that same that same uh the billiard spot spot was my phone dog yeah <laughs> we paid that bartender to throw my phone on yo, the yo, it was, no, a, it was the Yankee Tavern Yankee Tavern uh, yeah, Yankee yeah. Tavern the no. next day <laughs> yo quick side note Sam actually paid a bartender $20 to give him the bluetooth access to that <laughs> bar just to play YG <laughs> and she legit as soon as we're all fucking turning up to YG she's like y'all are homesick <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, just a little. <laughs> yeah, man, I love LA. <laughs> it was, that was a good. Oh man, way. no, it was. It's that. I don't know. I was fucking New York. Just a bitter taste in my mouth. Shout out to you, fuckers, hey. for keeping me alive after that arcade. Man. <laughs> <laughs> to parkour in the streets of fucking Brooklyn. No, bro. yo, parkour and then fucking getting tossed out of that line for drinking in public. You yo. shotgunning a fucking beer. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, we 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 haven't talked about the. New York shotgun in a while. Don't shotgun beers in New York, people. Five hundred dollar fine. Yeah, you get all your beer fucking. <laughs> <laughs> so no one's. And on that it. note, we'll take our second break. All right, and we'll be back with tea time with Dweez. My voice is gone. Man, we had so many beverages. We got Arizona iced tea on here. We got Topo Chico. We had some Hennessy. We got, we got Don Julio in the building. We had a little Angel City. Their Angerstein, California Common. You know what? Now we got a little, little tea. Long Jean. Dragon oh, Well. Okay. It's a very well-known tea. Leaves are all flattened out. Um, and and uh, this the, the iconic thing to do with this tea usually is to drink it in a tall glass like this. Grandpa style. You drink it all the way, or you drink it halfway down, and then just keep filling it back up with water. Keep filling it back up with water and blow them tea leaves out of the way. And oh, you don't even shit. use a filter. But tonight, we're using the guy wand like we always use for all my people who know about guy wands, know about tea stuff. Get yourself a guy wand, and everything else will be all right. You don't need no girlfriend, Josh. You just need a guy wand. 
<laughs> Josh needs a guy. Juan. Yeah, see. There's, there's a lot of guys named Juan. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're here with we're here with Edgar and Alex. It's been so much fun having them on. Through all of our breaks right now, we've just been bantering, we've been snacking, we've been chatting, and I think like it's 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 high time that we uh we get into a little bit of weirdness, guys. Oh, it's high time that we get into a little bit of tea with Dwee's kind of kind of kind of chats. And as I distribute these, I'm sure you guys know, you're just gonna flip them upside down. Use the tall cup as your smell cup. Okay, okay. And then as you want more tea, just keep passing it over. Okay. We'll do a little sample flip for you. But here on the FCFC podcast, like you guys were saying, we like to get to know everybody a little bit better for the people who don't already know each other in real life. And, like, man, one thing I want to hear about, because you guys kind of touched on it a little bit, I just want to hear about the very first time you guys met. Oh, fuck. I don't even remember. I remember. I remember. To be honest. So, hold on. Let me take a sip of this tea real quick before I go into this this little story. Damn, that's some good-ass tea. I met Edgar, funny enough, through Instagram. It was like, I'm about to go into some funny shit. A lot of people might not really know who this person is, but uh, I want to say, like, fucking, like, years and years ago, my friend uh, Hernan and I made like this fucking like parody account page about this reporter called uh, Fernando Fiore. You know who Fernando Fiore oh, is? We yeah. know so we would just make the page, post pictures and like talk shit to everyone in the comments. And like, dude, like a bunch of people from Univision started following us. And we were like, oh fuck. Like these people actually think that this is Fernando Fiore. Like we're, we're fucked. We're gonna get sued or some shit. Or, like this dude's gonna fucking come knocking on our doors. Like what the fuck's good with y'all? Like it's weird. So... We deleted that account, or, like, I kind of had, like, used it as a, a placeholder name for one of my, like, old usernames, and I totally forgot about it, and it had, like, so many people following it just because of, they thought it was Fernando Fiore. <laughs> so, like, I, like, I had, like, a solid 500 followers when, like, the page was, like, when I reactivated it and kind of just started posting, like, LAFC shit on it. I started taking, like, game day pictures just off my phone, and, like, one day, <laughs> fucking Edgar DMs me. He's like, are you taking these off your phone or something like that? Just, like, on some, like, shit. I'm like, oh, damn it. This is the first time. Like, I already got caught on my phone, like, like later on in the fucking year. And, like, this is the first time. So I was like, oh, shit, man. People are catching on. <laughs> so, like, um, but, yeah, I was like, yeah, dude, I'm just taking pictures on the phone. But he just kind of, like, gave me props of it. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I wasn't even, like, intending to be some sort of, like, photographer in the North End or just even a photographer, period. But I was just like, I like taking pictures. So. So it was a, it was a internet first meeting before yeah, you guys yeah, ever yeah. met in person yeah so it was it was just kind of like dms back and forth here and there just kind of like not really talking but just kind of like having a little small talk here and there um it was i think the game against san jose no it was a new new england revolution mm-hmm. last season and like that was the the day that they had like the fan fest on christmas tree lane so they pushed us to like where the history museum was at do y'all remember that tailgate so like they did that like was, a that was an interesting tailgate. Yeah, they did like the <laughs> they did like a march to the match type of thing, and like, I think I was just kind of marching along and this dude fucking taps me. I'm like, what the fuck is like talking to me? And I was like, oh shit, it's Edgar. So that was like my first interaction with him, but it was very minimal because he was just kind of like shooting for the club and he was doing work. So I'd say like our first proper introduction was that actual uh, night at Arts District where they kind of were like, yeah, we'd like like you to join the group and whatnot. 
I mean, like, we talked a lot on, like, Twitter and not even Twitter, no, it was like Instagram. Wasn't uh, really see, how these young remember. kids meet each other these days? Yeah, That's all I'm saying. The DM. <laughs> yeah. I'm no, I just I literally shit. just jumped in Alex's DMs and was like, "Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you come up? join Expos." Nah, it was it was cool though because like I think before uh, actually having a conversation with him, I kind of like saw that he was taking pictures of like bands and shit that I used to listen to. So I thought it was, like, a pretty cool thing, like, to really kind of, like, dive into and, like, just seeing that he had that common interest made it so much easier to talk to him in person, like, especially those, like, tailgates after that New England Revolution game. Right. And so now that, you know, you guys have been kicking it for a while, you guys have been making stuff, like, the more and more the ideas coagulate, like, between the two of you guys, Mm -hmm. obviously now with FCFC in the mix, the stuff you guys are doing with Expos, like, you know, coming from whatever you thought before LAFC like whatever you thought your life trajectory was going to be like mm-hmm. and to now like what do you sort of like see yourself doing in five years ten years like what do you what, what kind of what kind of stuff can we expect out of these young gentlemen when they're actually I guess shit even like ten years from now they're probably not going to be <laughs> me and Slim's age yet but still <laughs> that's so, cold days. that's cold <laughs> I didn't know we were gonna get this deep today. No, 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 I didn't no. either. But this is what I'm <laughs> no. saying, guys. You get a little deep. Like, what do you guys? Yeah. What do you guys picture? I mean, you, you don't even have to talk about on like the the overall life thing, but just in terms of the type of stuff you want to make. Like, ha- has has this has these experiences sort of like widened your scope for like what you what you thought you want to do? Have you felt more inclined to like the sporting side of things? Are you like more like loving being in LA than ever? Have you you know ha- ha- how has it tilted or shifted the way you look at the future. I mean, you know, uh, okay. Because okay. <laughs> I mean, to me, you guys are the future. That's probably like why I asked this question. Damn. Sorry, guys. I drink tea and say things. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like to your point, where you said like, um, if it makes us love LA a lot more, like that, I can say for sure. Yeah. Um, because you know, through LAFC, we meet, and like everybody can attest to this, and you know, so many other people have already said this, but it's like you meet people from other parts of the city, and you visit. You're constantly visiting other parts of the city that now that otherwise you never would have touched. Yeah, you know? like, I've been to a couple like shows at the Wilterns, but that was like my only familiarity with K Town mm. before I met you guys. You know, mine was only Bulgogi Hut, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> or like yeah, um, actually that is a no. <laughs> yeah, I was like, we could do better. Yeah, no, no, we have, we have. <laughs> or like even just being around like downtown or like Arts District more, mm. you know, like. I feel like I'm through LAFC. I'm more connected with the city as a whole than I was before that. Yeah, you know, so I definitely do appreciate like just Los Angeles as a whole in general a lot more because of LAFC. Um, what were the other questions? <laughs> no, this, what are you I mean, yourself doing in like uh, five years? Hey guys, this is an interview. This is open discussions. We uh, can take it any old way we want. I mean, I I think that what's interesting about what you just said is you're talking also about physically visiting places. And yeah. I think when people look at something like LAFC from the outside, and even, like, I would imagine, like, the way people are normally associated with football clubs, even elsewhere, like, I don't know that, like, this whole, like, having watch parties thing, and you're going to different parts of town, and you're, like, now yeah. exploring, like, that has always existed. Like, probably, like, <coughs> clubs that are super old in the histories that, that, you know, down the street, they're showing the game. You can go yeah. watch it down the streets. So you just go to your local neighborhood. Here, it's like you want to be around where people are going to be watching the game, right? So you will go test out that bar. You will go to this one. You'll go to that one. You'll combine with different groups. And I think the newness of it is actually a benefit to that exploratory feature 
that we're seeing. And so, yeah, like, I could totally, totally relate to that. Yeah, no, I mean, as, as far as, like, our, where we see ourselves, like, in the future, and, like, and it's really tough to say, man, because if I'm being totally honest with you, like, I've said it a million times before, dude, before joining this group, I couldn't have told you what I was going to be doing right now. Like, I probably would have been scrambling for a place to find, a place to live in next semester, worrying about, like, you know, tuition, how I'm going to fucking pay my rent, all that shit, but, you know, like, just where, like, life this past seven months, like, it's been insane. It's taken a complete 180. Like, if you would have told me that I was doing some of the shit that I was doing now, I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Like, there's no way that I'm doing that, at least now. So, I mean, projecting myself five years from now, it's, it's a little bit, like, I really don't know. But there's obviously places I'd like to be, you know, like, maybe doing a little bit more with, like, clothing, maybe, like, actually, like, helping out more local brands, you know, really establish themselves, you know, really have a more community presence and help our community look as best as it can be, you know. So for the time being, you're not actually going back up to SF? Nah, dude, I actually, like, I'll say it here, man, like, I actually made the decision to not go back up. FCFC oh, exclusive. Yeah. Hey, man, no, we got man, the exclusive yeah, yeah, news. Yeah, yeah. We got the I, news I, drops. I, I, I know you guys were waiting. Yeah. You were waiting. Is Alex going back up to right here. No, yeah, and the it's... Decision. I'm taking it's, my talents back um, to Los Angeles. It was a really difficult decision to make, man, because, you know, obviously when you come from, like, a household, you know, that's a, a first-generation college student, you know, there's a lot of pressure and expectation on you to graduate you know and it's not something that I'm completely like you know not focusing on like my education will always be something that's important to me and something that I always want to pursue mm -hmm. but for the time being like there's just a lot of great opportunities here that I have to seize right now mm -hmm. you know and it's like I think that if I don't take these opportunities now I'll forever look back and say you know what I could have had this and because of school I just kind of put it aside but you know, school will, will be there. These opportunities, I can't assure myself, you know, that they'll always be there. Yeah, yeah. So I just, Facts. I have to kind of like, I made that decision and like I talked it over with my parents and it was a difficult conversation to have. But like at the end of the day, you know, I think I feel like a whole weight has been taken off my shoulders and I can say, you know what, now I'm investing my time and energy into something I 100% want to do mm -hmm. and something that I feel is making me happy and something that's quite frankly bringing a lot of, you know, work and success that's personally like, you know, that I could show to my parents and be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, you thought that this was just like a hobby side thing. But, you know, it's like some of the stuff that I've been doing, it's it's been doing well and mm -hmm. it's doing good for me. And it's like if they can see that, they see that I'm happy, I'm doing good by them and what they've taught me, you know, that's all I could ask for. So I'm glad to be back in L.A. now full time. But, you know, it's all it's always it's always difficult. You know, San Francisco taught me a lot. You know, if I didn't move out there at the age of 17 by myself, I wouldn't have known you know, or I wouldn't have been the person I am today. Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful for that experience, but I'm so happy to finally close that chapter and really, like, embrace L.A. again. And like you said, you know, sometimes it, that team, whether it be LAFC and that involvement in LAFC makes you appreciate the city more. I think that being so far away from it initially, it, it sucked, you know, because you see all this, like, community, and it's like, you know, as someone who's grown up watching soccer here, as someone who's grown up seeing MLS evolve through these phases – you kind of always looked at MLS and see oh, it has so much potential to be something bigger. Right. So when that something bigger came and I wasn't physically here to kind of, you know, involve myself into it, it was tough because I was like, damn, like when I was here, the other teams here weren't really doing that. And now that the this team has come in and it's gathered the community and it's really pushed itself to be, you know, above what's quote unquote the MLS standard, I'm not there. It sucks. So being here full-time, being able to immerse myself in something I'm so passionate about and being able to, you know, 
create for the community and be able to you know continue and and do stuff that i love you know for the club and even for myself like it's the best thing i could ask for man i I think what you just said towards the end of that about about specifically about mls and like lafc like right during the break i was showing a video that uh seems like the galaxy are going to institute uh safe standing in their stadium and like and, and on the one hand i know like you know there's all sorts of banter you can throw but on the other hand like i think it's great like I think, like the uplifting of the of the the league as a whole. Anytime someone looks at LAFC and they're like, "I want that," yeah. Like being an aspirant force, like a driving force to propel the league forward, to propel supporter culture forward. To not only is it complementary towards LAFC and what they're doing, but it's also complementary towards the aspirant qualities that I think draw a lot of us to the team. And it sounds yeah. like you know, also drew you personally yeah. to to coming to coming back to LA, like in especially. Although I'm the type of person who could like, you know, and I do, you can occasionally find me at the USC Philosophy Library on the campus. Like I'm the type of person who could get stuck his head in a book all day. I'd probably study for the rest of my life if given the opportunity. Yeah. Like when the man to your right right now, Sean, decided he didn't want to, you know, young Dweez didn't want to like continue school and stuff. It's like, it's that same thing. Like yeah. you wanted to take a pause because you, because Sean had the opportunity in the music industry at the time, the same way that you kind of feel like you got things going on right now and you don't yeah. want to miss the chance. And I think like the, the lesson is this, like, it doesn't it doesn't really matter like what your particular walk is like when you see something and something aspirant something shining something bright something gold some letters in the black sky you know and you want to go towards them i think it's pretty rad to like to have the the sort of momentum you can get from you sort of like sparked by a team you know yeah, like in, in, a, in a way right like the, it created the universe where this could happen mm-hmm. a little bit i i like legit will always say bro i owe everything that I have now to this team. It's crazy because it sounds like such a dramatic and bold statement, but it's true. Like, I wouldn't have met Edgar. I wouldn't have met Benny. I wouldn't have met all of you guys. And it's like, I don't ever want it to seem like this is just like a pathway because it it really hasn't been, you know, I think that opportunities and and doors have been opened through the people in this team, but not because of the team. Like, I've never been one to piggyback off of like the team. I've never been one to say like, Oh yeah, I'm doing this for the team. Like, nah, this is like I'm doing all this shit with my friends, and like, through being together with my friends and all of us collectively trying to do something, you know, better for the culture and something better for the city of Los Angeles. Like, we've been able to get to where we are now. So it's like, I I wouldn't have personally asked for something, you know, better like a better situation to be in. You know, I can create with my friends. I can live the successes of our creations with my friends like it's a dopest shit to say and it's like I'm not leaving San Francisco for a team I'm leaving San Francisco for you know obviously myself and the people around me you know like it's a decision that I made solely based off of like what I think is best for myself and it's like I think by doing that it's gonna not only just benefit you know me because I'll be a lot happier I'll be doing this and that but like I'll be able to continuously provide to an organization that has really unknowingly given me a lot, you know? No, in a way, it's like, I don't know. I, I can totally relate. Like, I'm someone who loves living abroad, and there's no guarantee <coughs> I won't also go abroad again in the future, you yeah. know? And, and Sean knows it as well as anyone. I just sort of, like, bounce in and out of this city through my, through my 20s just because, I, you know, there's so much to see and so much to do, yeah. right? But, like, when something around you 
is like a gravitational force, but it's also a gravitational t- gravitational force upwards. It gets you psyched. It gets you ready to like hustle. It's like hustle and motivate, right? Like it motivates you to do something. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like the greatest compliment like any organization could have is like anyone it touches, like you 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 have this aspirant quality. It's like a fucking skateboard ramp. Yeah. You know, you want to like fly off and try some shit, right? Yeah. It's like, but when, when things and when people and when a ton of people around you are doing it, it's it's all the more contagious. I think what's so funny is when you tell people about this, like like where, are they paying you? It's like, no, motherfucker, we love this team so goddamn much, we'll invest. We spend a lot of fucking, fucking money. Time in it. Well, <laughs> apart from money, just like time and effort into yeah, yeah, this yeah. shit. And it's like. Time is money, bro. Yeah, exactly. I mean. But like, it's just like, damn, like, I don't look at it as like, oh, I'm investing all this into this team and I'm like, that's it, you know, and I'm like seeking something in return. Like, no, we do this because we genuinely love it. Like, I'm sure all of us here are here because we love it, not because we're getting something out of this, you know? So it's like that goes to say with like a lot of people, man. And it's like I think the dopest thing about this team that like we have the chance to give so much because we genuinely love this team. Like it's crazy. Yeah. And speaking of giving, our boy Alex came through with some gifts today. Ooh, segue segway slim. Yeah, segue slim. Hey, hey, for those people that say weed makes you slow, SMD. SMD. AF. Uh, AF. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. But yeah, so I brought, I brought some records, guys, because like I was a big vinyl collector back in the day. But these are some of my personal favorites. So, um, so you got you got Alex is digging out some records right now. I'm, no. gonna, I'm the narrator for the pod. Yeah, so I'm the narrator okay. for the pod. He's got some stuff. He's got some stuff underneath the table. So they're, they're go, they go in order. So this one is just, you know, I don't take Dweez as a hardcore guy at all. But uh, I want him to play this in his neighbors to like complain and shit. <laughs> so like, this is a, a band called before uh, the Power Trip. Ooh. Uh, the album is called the Armageddon Blue Sessions. Yeah. So it's a fucking six it's song, a, twelve inch. Like, and like, the last time I saw Power Trip was at the Regent. And I almost got kicked out of there because they said no stage diving, and I fucking just like went for it. <laughs> but, like, like Power Trip. Uh, yeah, Power Trip <laughs> for fucking Dweez right here. Yo, first so. of all, I had no idea that like this sort of music really existed on vinyl. I, I guess it always Dude, did, but I never thought of it that so way. There's so much yeah. on vinyl. No, but I never thought of it that way, you know what I'm saying? And now I'm looking at this cover. With these letters that look like they're growing both fur, lightning bolts, there's all sorts of stuff going on here. And it's up. I'm in, dude. This is Just tight. read the fucking title The Armageddon Blues Session. Armageddon Blues Session. Yeah, that's an intense title. Yo, listen to these, listen to these song, song titles. Lake of Fire. Armageddon Blues, Lake of Fire, The Evil Beat. That song's fucking hard. Acid, <laughs> Questions, and Vultures. Wow, that's hardcore, bro. And look at the Come fucking on. back artwork, too. It's like this fucking makeshift, like. Skull are those horns? Are those glasses? Is there a jaw? Who knows? But you know uh, what? I am yes, getting in on this all <laughs> the day. The second record Thank you, is sir. Uh, it's a very special one to Edgar and I. Oh, this one's uh, is survived by by Touche Bore. Uh, I got this off their singer uh, Jeremy back in Backside Records in Burbank. Uh, R.I.P. to Backside, but like that store and this record have so many memories to myself and Edgar. Probably, you know, it's actually like on uh, Baby Blue pressing, so, like, the cover is Baby Blue, Ooh. the vinyl is actually... What's funny is Shawnee's gonna steal all these. <laughs> yeah. He's about to Sean's sample just, all like, this. leaning like, further and further. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, like, blue. this is, like, honestly, like, a record that was, like, so important to both of us, and, like, I know that, like, if Touche Mori ever played a show, Edgar and I would be some of the first motherfuckers there, so... This one's also for Dewey's. Oh, yeah. man! Uh, this one... Last for these. Whoa, whoa, whoa! This one, and, and it's guys. funny. It's funny because we actually talked about this off the air, and it's not anything like incriminating or anything. 
But like all of our this, reviews talk about fucking dweez. This record <laughs> right here. So I gave you something that's gonna weird you out. I gave you something that's fucking a representation of both of us. This record I feel like encompasses you as well, dweez. This is a rare ass fucking oh man twelve inch. Freddie Gibbs, Mad Lib, Side A hey. is Thuggin full, Thuggin instrumental, so you could rap over that shit. Hey. <laughs> oh, they got a, they got a, they got Are a y'all bad. watching me when I wake yo, up in the morning? Because Side is going to get woke up with some raps. This is uh, another Mad Lib beat on Side A. On Side B, it's deep, full cut, uh, deep instrumental, so you could rap over that shit too. And then you got another Mad Lib beat. Yeah. So this is to December 2011 Thoughtful. from Backside Records as well. Damn. So Freddie it's, Gibbs and Mad it's crazy because when when these guys got here today, I was playing the new Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib record yeah. uh, bandana. If you don't got that, go fucking blast it out your speakers. If you're driving right now, turn off the goddamn podcast and put on and put on bandana for a little bit, and then put on pinata, and then put back on the podcast. Uh, all right. Well, actually, no, don't, don't cut off the podcast because we know sometimes you motherfuckers don't come back. I know oh, we see listen. we see those fucking stats. This, <laughs> this, this is a gold, beautiful cover. Pressing Los Gatos, no Los Gates. What does this say? Los Gates, California. Dude, this is this shit is amazing. All right, thank you guys. And then we no, got one last one. This, this one's guy. this one's for Edgar right here. Ooh. This is one of my most rare records. This oh, yeah, is good. also Touche More is part of the C between brightness and me on a white print. That shit's rare as fuck. But this is now. This is yeah, it's yeah. rare. That's from Jeremy himself too. Really? So, yeah, that's Shout crazy. That's Dude, it's yeah. coming with the awesome. heat, man. That one's, that that one's fire. like still in the fucking rap. Well, not in the rap, but like it's got the little protective seal over it. So, you got the, yeah, Thanks, nah, appreciate hey. it. Hey. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. So, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, the TSG, <laughs> like early starts. Are <laughs> 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 you trying to flip this interview? Like, I'm fucking Nardwar now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Damn. Where do we go from here, guys? I don't know, dude. I guess this is over. <laughs> nah, but yeah, no, a lot of those records hold a lot of fucking uh, importance. Uh, yeah, we're going to we'll, we'll, we'll go play that next no, week. No, I'm going to play it right as soon as we Well, I know you are, recording. but we're going to <laughs> No, I'm going to bring out the... I'm oh, we're going to do that? You got to fucking cipher over that shit, dog. Like, no, <laughs> dude, totally God. just showed me up bringing all these gifts. All I brought was a bottle of tequila. <laughs> that has been yet... <laughs> that is a gift. That has yet to be touched. We're not going to open it today. I we'll, 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 uh, stay there. stay there for now. <laughs> We're all just staring at it, like so intimidated. I'm intimidated. I'm good with my top. It's sitting right next now. to our. Uh, I still got a little bit of tea right now. Shout out to Hank. But yeah, no, um, a lot of those records, like I said, you know, like especially Two Share More, they're a band that's from the valley. Luckily, been able to see the world, and you know, they're. I don't want to say they're like the most influential band to the hardcore scene, but to the valley, they're you know, up there. They're, they're up there, For and sure. like. I think a lot of what they brought was this sense of community to Burbank, like with Backside and even like those records and just traveling the world and spreading the message. So it was pretty cool. Lady. A, lot of, a lot of similar shit to what we're doing here, I guess. So if no, you guys that. are into the hardcore scene, you know what the hell they're talking about. And if you don't, you ain't really into the hardcore scene. Hey, yeah, I got records for selling. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Follow me on Discogs. Yeah, oh, shit. And on that note, this has been another episode of the FCFC pod. Thank y'all for Thank listening. Y'all for listening. We'll see you next week. Next week. Yes. FCFC. FC FC. FCFC. FC FC. FC FC. FC FC. FC FC. FC FC.